is one big flag of the Great Seal of Idaho, isn't it? Okay, so uh, you are listening to Legislative Breakdown, where we break down the legislature so you don't have to. Welcome to 2019, our very first podcast of this year. I am Samantha Wright from Boise State Public Radio. With me is Gary Moncrief, Boise State University political science professor emeritus. So glad you're back with me. Oh, it's, I've been looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. We have quite a, a session set up for everyone, and uh, I think it's going to be a great time. So what are we doing here in the Capitol today? Today we were interviewing uh, Brooke Green, a uh, new representative uh, from Boise. Uh, we want to get uh, a view of the legislature from someone who's brand new, who's just crossed that threshold from being an everyday citizen to being an elected official. Is this where I make a joke about being green as grass? Uh, you can, or you can make a joke about she's still pretty green because it's the end of her first week in the session. <laughs> Actually, she's great, as we are going to hear in just a minute. And uh, we thought this would be great not only to talk to her now at the very beginning of the session, but uh, also at the very end of the session to see not only what she is learning, but what she has learned. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a little, a little bit of a natural experiment here. All right, so we are going to go into the uh, Minority Caucus Room and sit down with uh, Representative uh, Brooke Green from Boise. Let's start with the most important question. Have you figured out where the food and the bathrooms are? (laughs) Funny you should say that. So day one, no, I didn't. And actually... uh I must have been so dehydrated on the first day, and I wandered about looking for water, and I was like, come on, the water fountain, there's got to be more than the water fountain. Come to find out day two, there was a water jug right around the corner from my office. So yes, we're one week in. I now know where the bathroom is. I no longer walk, walk past my door, which I did, I think, three times on day one. And there is a water jug around the corner from my office, so I'm no longer dehydrated. Took a took some time to get there, but I found it. So how did you come to do this? Because this is not your normal kind of activity where people go, you know what, I think I want to get elected <laughs> to, to the legislature. Um, and people have all kinds of different pathways to do that. And so I'm always interested to hear about that. Well, um, you're right. We all find our different path to get here. And primarily, mine probably started about five years ago. So I have a background in transportation, all things transportation, either in public or infrastructure. And it was while I was working in rural Idaho, I was working for an agency called Transportation Association of Idaho. And I spent a lot of time in rural communities trying to figure out ways to get access to jobs or health care. And that's that's first where it triggered. You know, I had that exposure to government, elected officials, city officials, um, ITD at that time, and I realized, you know, I could go do bigger, better things for our community than piecemealing solutions. That's where it all started. Threw my name in the hat for an open seat when uh, Senator Durst had left, and I recall the day I did it, and I sat through those interviews. I showed up, and it was the districts who decide. And I remember showing up for that first interview and like, by the way, you have to register as a Democrat. I was like, oh, is that how that works? You know, so I was like, well, I suppose, yeah, I I align with all those values. Sure, I'll sign up as a Democrat and went through the process. Um, You know, Atlanta ended up getting that C and I'm thrilled because she was my representative for this time and um, has been a phenomenal mentor ever since. And for five years, I've had her as a mentor to get me here, so... 
So, so Lana Rubel, who we had on our live podcast uh, last, last year, year. last right. year, That's right. you have an ordinary job when you're not a lawmaker, right? I do. I'm actually, I love my day job. You know, I have the privilege to work for Ada County Highway District as a transportation planner when I'm outside the session. But during the session, I do no, I no longer work for ACHD during the session. I'm what's called on sabbatical. And I take the time off to come and do what I need to do for my constituents who put me here. And that's really to serve them. So for three months plus, um, I have no affiliation with ACHD. I'm primarily um, affiliated and represent my constituents. So uh, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to uh, some freshmen this year right at the beginning of the session is because it's the closest our listeners will ever get to being just about to step into the Capitol building having never been there before. So uh, tell us a little bit about that first week and uh, what it was like. Well, me and 21 other freshman legislators all have the deer in the headlights look. I mean, this is the one job where you get to participate in where you're not given a job description. So there's no job description telling me what my expectations are, no job description telling me what my deliverables are, and um, we we get in here and we have to create that job and we have to identify what it is that those who put us here, what they want us to get done. And uh, week one has been phenomenal. I will tell you... Um, there is not another job I've ever had where I'm learning about optometrists and eye surgery and railroads and drinking water and a number of things. Um, I'll never have another job where in one day I'm exposed to seven different industries or two different industries or three different industries, and I'm expected to know a little bit about every one of them. Um, it is mind-boggling. So... A weekend, have there been any surprises at this point? Something that you weren't prepared for or something that made you go, huh, I, I did not know that? The time. Oh, my goodness, the time commitment. I think day one when we opened up our social calendars and looked and realized the expectation of our time and uh, where we're expected to be, is it's tremendous. It's a lot of time that we're giving not only here at the Capitol but to other other associations or other events we're expected to be at everybody wants a piece of your time as much as it's a surprise it was an aha moment because we heard it and there's a lot of truth to it you've come through the door there's a whole bunch of people out there hopefully a bunch of them that are listening that are still on the other side of the door what is the one thing you can say to them that you've learned in a week that they don't know that you now know let your voice be heard And now that I'm on the inside and I get a lot of correspondence from people who want to tell me whatever issues at hand, take the time to write something from the heart or take the time to write something from your own voice. Now, we get a lot of form letters. And as much as we appreciate the form letters, um, there's something to be said about somebody who took the time to put their voice on paper or in an email or to even make a call. Um, There's so much more to be said about that conversation or about that email. You're going to get a better response if you put a little bit of effort into it. Thanks, Brooke. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, and thank you for this time. Um, you know, I'm eight days into this. Yeah, I know. And, and in 80 days, I'm sure the lens I'm seeing the world through right now is going to be completely changed. And I look forward to sharing that with you guys. So thank you for the time. Gary, we're 
we're, we're back in studio. Many thanks to uh, Representative Green for helping us out with finding out what a new legislator does when they're new. Um, and here's my question. Why do people do this? Why do people make that leap, as she did, from ordinary person to Idaho legislator? I think that's uh, one of the great questions uh, to ask because, you know, legislators in most states simply don't get paid very well. In Idaho, they're paid something on the order of $17,000 now for three months of work, basically. And that sounds like, well, you know, if you do the math on that, that's not bad. But remember, you're not doing your regular job. You're doing this in lieu of. And one of the things that Representative Green mentioned was that she basically has to take a sabbatical from her real job uh, in order to do this. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than most people realize. There are huge pressures uh, in terms of the demands on your time when you do this this kind of work. So the question really is, you know, why would somebody do this? And especially in a state that is as big as Idaho, where a number of the legislators have to travel literally three or 400 miles to come to Boise, disrupt their life at home to do this. Uh, well, there's a number of reasons. Uh, one of the, the reasons is that a lot of these people are truly civic-minded people. If you look at their backgrounds, m- many, many of these people have been doing some kind of community service at home. You know, they're, they're on volunteer boards, they're on the hospital board, they're on the the, the PTO, they're on a planning commission, you know, a lot of volunteer work. So many of these people kind of come to this out of their own sense of civic duty, if you will. Others are, are actually recruited to do this. That is, people in, the, in their local area have come to them and said, uh, you know, we think you'd be good at this or we'd like you to do this. Sign up. Yeah, sign. You know, we, want, we, 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 we would like for you to run. The people that are looking for somebody to run, these are often referred to as recruitment agents. These are groups that are you know, actually looking for people to run. There are lots of different kinds of recruitment agencies. Obviously, the political party. The party is probably by far the biggest recruitment agent. They're always looking for people who they think would be good legislators within the constraints of the ideology of that party. There are some chambers of commerce, for example, often recruit. In fact, in some states, chambers of commerce actually have recruitment handbooks. Really? Uh, yeah, to talk about, you know, how, how do you look for somebody who you think would be a, a, a good representative of, of the chamber of commerce in the state legislature? A variety of interest groups will try to recruit people who they think would think like them and serve their interests in the legislature, if you will. Increasingly, what you're seeing is ideological groups uh, seeking uh, people to run, help, you know, trying to find people that they think would be representative of their particular point of view. It's interesting that in the past, there's been a very clear distinction uh, in recruitment patterns between men and women. A lot of men actually self-select. That is, they say, "Yeah, I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm by God, I'm going to run. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to run." Women historically have been much more reluctant to do that to kind of self-recruit. They generally had to be asked, and they generally had to be asked several times. That's been the historical pattern. Now that's changed in the last couple of years. Certainly, in the last electoral cycle, there were a lot of women. 
uh, around the country who self-selected to run for state legislature. The, the number of women running, for, particularly um, Democratic women, in state legislatures around the country was way up last time. And many of those were women who chose to run themselves. They, they didn't have to be convinced of it like women traditionally did. That's interesting. Interesting. And I thought it was interesting what uh, Representative Green said about if you want to make a difference, if you want to contact your, your lawmaker, do it in a personal letter or an email. Don't just send a form letter or sign a petition. This is really good advice. It's so easy these days for a group to send a, an email blast out to all of its members and say, there's this bill coming up and we're opposed to this bill or we're in support of this bill and we want you to contact your legislator and here's the form in which that ought to be. You know? And so they'll actually they'll, they'll literally write the, the, the statement, letter. the communication yeah. uh, that they the want you to letter. give, and then they want you to basically sign that and send that. Legislators recognize that pretty clearly when that's Because they're going to get a bunch of them. They're going to get a lot of them that have exactly the same wording. You know, if you get hundreds and thousands of those, yeah, it might have some effect just from sheer numbers. But the reality is what that generally tells the legislator is that there's some organization out there that's just pushing this. If they get a hundred letters or emails from people, all of which are different, you know, that everybody's expressing their own point of view, that's almost always going to have a much greater uh, impact than the form kind of letter is. All right. Thanks as always. My pleasure. Legislative Breakdown is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Boise State Political Science Professor Emeritus Gary Moncrief. Our original music comes from local artist and composer Will Hall of the bands Nude Dude and Like of the Dog. Special thanks to digital content coordinator Lacey Daly. And if you like this podcast, rate us on iTunes and help other people find us. Remember, it's your legislature.